Coast Cousins. Brought to you by Carol Royce, Keller Williams Realty East Valley. Get more money selling your home. Go to higherprice.com. That's higherprice.com. Ah, yes, you know what time it is. Every day in the 9 o'clock hour, we kick off the 9 o'clock hour with social studies. Jared Carlin thinks up some rather mundane, mediocre questions. We put them on social media. Stop rubbing your well, eyes, Jared. Uh, the questions are mediocre. But the response is from you, the listener, uh-huh. and you, the host, uh-huh. is what elevates the segment. That's where the magic is, Bickley right? Bickley underscore Murata on Twitter. Go. Follow us right now. Normally, the ringmaster, master of ceremonies, is Sarah Cazell. She is on vacation as well. So Zach Larson will be your MC. Take it away, Zach. All right. Well, our first question is Suns related following the Suns 127 to 102 loss to the Wizards last night, as well as the Devin Booker news now out for four months or four weeks with a left groin strain. There's a lot of questions around the current roster and how far they can go. So we ask, what moves does this team need to make with book out for at least a month? And how concerned are you? Yeah, I'm uh, I'm I'm pretty concerned because I think even before the Devin Booker injury, this team is not good enough to to win more than one playoff series. And I, I my feeling hasn't changed on that. But you talk to Kellen Olsen and you're right, you've got to be careful about who you trade for and whether or not that person is gonna have a long term future in Phoenix. And then again you also wonder about the new owner and, and and if he's gonna hit the ground running and want to make big, big moves or or just ride this thing out and settle in and then and then get after it in that regard. I think they need to do something. I think the the window for Chris Paul is closing and and this basketball team has got too many holes to do much of anything, even with the return of Cam Johnson and campaign. I, I think the, the feeling of despair or panic, I think, was help with Kellen talking about campaign and Cam Johnson possibly being back mm-hmm. in a week or two. So I think that can get you through some time. And then Booker comes back and not to say they still don't need to do some things, but I think when those things happen, what you do after that, what do you do? You just pray for be- for, for health the rest of the year. And that's, that, that's a big factor. Looking at some of our responses, Jimbo, he says he is very concerned and he wants to get Kyle Kuzma soon. Uh, Eddie here at, says add another scorer who can create his own shot and he would say that even if Booker wasn't hurt, James Jones needs to upgrade. The West is loaded. AZ Kid pointing out the obvious trading Jay Crowder away. A bag of Cheetos is worth more than him at this point. Bruce is in favor of selling the farm for Shea Gilgis Alexander and give Booker a second superstar for the next six to eight years. J-Rod says the window is closed and with the Nets looking like champs, DA for KD looks less and less likely. And Guillermo, simply put, they just need to win. So now on to our next question. J.J. Watt, he is the subject. He's retiring following this season. Talked with the media media yesterday. Sounds like he is at peace with the decision and is excited for retirement. We go to his name, J.J., for our next question. Who is your favorite person with the initials J.J.? And it could be J.J. as a first name or J.J. first and last name. Yeah. Okay. Oh. <laughs> Justin Jefferson. Ooh, that's a good one. Nicely done. Thank you. Great wide receiver, and he gave us the gritty. How about James Jones? <laughs> yeah, maybe. Uh, it's, it, 
Yeah, I th- I, coming into this year, maybe. Mm-hmm. This year, not so much. Nothing done, done too much. Can, can it be your most unfavorite? Who's your unfavorite? Jerry Jones. Oh, yeah. Jody Jackson. <laughs> that's a good oh. one. Janet Jackson. Oh, that's a good one. Definitely saw some Janet Jackson. Daniel says James Jones. Mary also, she goes with J.J. Watt, but she's not joking around. She has the shoes, the jersey, the shirt. She loves that man. M- multiple responses for John Jacob Jingleheimer Schmidt. <laughs> that's that's too that's many. JJJ. Exactly. <laughs> I, I, we'll, we'll let it slide, though. A Cowboy DC giving love to Jesse James, the iconic cowboy. Jesse says Josh Jackson, and I, I don't oh, no. think a lot of Suns fans no. would agree with that. Suns fans or Cardinals fans or any any Josh Jackson that passed through town was not any good. No, no, no. Dan, have you ever heard of the guitarist J.J. Kale? Have you ever heard of him? I have. I, I, I never heard of him. Yeah, I can't place what bandies. I don't I know much about him. This just says a guitar legend from who knows what. <laughs> French fry goes with Jimmy John's. Shocking that the count named French fry going with food there. Sandra Day O'Clobber throwing out J. Jonah Jameson from Spider-Man played by J.K. Simmons. All right, our third question. There's a mess in Las Vegas, and it continues to go on for the Raiders. They have now benched Derek Carr for Jarrett Stinham, not Carlin. They're just throwing in the towel this Might season. as well. Yeah, <laughs> I bet you would play better than Jarrett Stidham. Kind of signals, though, that there's potential change in the future of Derek Carr. So we leave it to you to determine Carr's fate. In 2023, Derek Carr will be the quarterback for which of these teams? Or right. fill in the blank if or it's not listed. Exactly. Okay. The Raiders, the Jets, the Colts, or the Panthers? Ooh, man. I'm, I'm going to guess the Colts or the Panthers. He's not He's not a good cold-weather quarterback. He never has been. So I'm, I'm, Carolina isn't that warm in the wintertime. But Carolina is going to need – I'm going to guess Carolina or the Colts. I mean, I just a guess. I, I don't know what spots are good. I, I'll throw out a crazy one, perhaps. Mm-hmm. And maybe the 49ers. Although, if Brock Purdy continues to play like he has going through the playoffs, that might not be a good... They still have Trey Lance that you put all that capital into. That's true. Well, Trey Lance and Brock Purdy will be back next year for the 49ers. Where is Jimmy Garoppolo going to end up? Yeah, that's that's another question. I mean, there's... Those same four teams will be on the... Right. I I think the Colts... I think the Colts are going to draft somebody and just say, okay, you're our guy because they've just treaded water with these veterans now. Yeah, that's true. Probably went off that years. train, and yeah, it hasn't it point. hasn't worked. But there's, it could be another off season of quarterback volatility, and Aaron Rodgers could be at the top of that list along with Whoa. Tom Brady. Now you remember last year that that was one of the big stories of the off season was all these quarterbacks of some value and some marquee status switching teams. Not a lot of them pop. Russell Wilson didn't work out well in Denver. Right. Matt Ryan was a disaster in Indianapolis. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers didn't wind up getting traded at all. Yeah. Yeah. And and he's got a he's got a contract but, issue that makes it hard for him to move on, but wouldn't that be the great irony that he ends that up be. in Las Vegas back with Devontae Adams? Oh no, that would be funny. <laughs> that would be funny. Well, our audience on the poll is going with the Colts. Half of the vote going to the Colts. The Jets right behind with 22%. The Raiders, 15%. And the Panthers, 12.5%. All right, do we have time for one more question? Sure, go ahead real quick. All right. 
So we, we, we're we still trying to figure out why we brought up this question, but we want to know what is the most impulsive slash big decision that you've ever made and how did it turn out for you? Not impulsive slash big. Or sorry, impulsive big decision yeah. you've ever made and how did it turn out for you? Hmm. Impulsive, yeah, impulsive. It's something on a whim that you that you did. Just it said, I'm going to take a chance here, and it actually either worked out or didn't work out. I'll, I'll probably say when I was pretty young, and I decided to take a pretty minor job, and I didn't know anything about it. I'd been in the East Coast my whole life, and I decided to take a job with the Sporting News. Oh, there you go, and that changed everything. Has, has me where I right. am today. Maybe I'll get back to this uh, a little bit later on. I'll give this some thought. Okay. Don't want to waste any more time. <laughs> All right, coming up on the other side, we are going to visit with NFL expert Mike Sando. That's coming up next. He's Howard Balzer. I'm Dan Bickley. You're listening to Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Dan Bickley, Vince Morata. Bickley and Morata morning. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Welcome back. Happy Thursday, everybody. Dan Bickley alongside Howard Balzer. We got a lot of football knowledge already in this studio with Howard next to me today. And now we welcome in one of the best. He is Mike Sando. What's happening, Mike? How are you? I'm doing pretty well. Thanks for having me on. Well, we, that's our pleasure. Let's let's start with one of the bigger issues that we're dealing with here, and it's a potential coaching change. Not sure if it's going to happen, if it's not going to happen. What do you make of the Sean Payton sweepstakes? Do you think he might be interested in the Cardinals' job should it come open? Uh, sure. I mean, he, he could be. I think the degree of power that he's going to get and then also the compensation of the Saints are the two big issues. So if you notice in the Denver press conference when they had George Payton up there with the new owner, the new owner kind of dangled a carrot. He's like, hey, the head coach is going to report to me, right? That's kind of a wink and a nod to, to Sean Payton or who these other guys are that, hey, don't worry about this GM guy here. You know, you're going to, you, we got a wide berth, buddy. You come in. So, you know, is that something Mike Bidwell's looking to do? Because when you look at the, at what he has gravitated towards, it's been stability and familiarity. He has a trust level, obviously, with Steve Kime, and he's kept Steve through a lot of ups and downs. They've had some good years, they've had some bad times. There's had times when you could have extended him, you could have fired him, but he's liked whatever the relationship there, right? That's been important. So have we seen Mike Goodwill go out and just hire a GM who's going to shake it up and do his own thing? Nope. Uh, we, We haven't seen that. So there's been comfortable people that you know you can work well with, whether it was Rod Graves, right? Mm hmm these guys are going to be um, they're not going to come in necessarily and turn it upside down and and you know run the show completely they're going to do it in the kind of the vision of the owner and all of that so we will see if that's the route that they want to go they do I think we obviously think they're going to have a new GM but is that GM going to come in and work with Cliff Kingsbury for a year is he going to hire the new coach I don't think we really know that yeah, we, we really don't. We really don't. And one thing I'm curious with Sean, uh, Mike, is that he, obviously, he's going to take, there's a lot of things that will have to fit right for the job he would take. And you mentioned Denver. I mean, would he want to think that, see if he can resurrect 
Russell Wilson, if that's the right word. The question here I posed with Dan earlier, does would he really want to coach a, quote, running quarterback who's not a pocket guy? So all those questions are out there. But I'm curious your take on quarterbacks oh. like that, like Kyler Murray, well, like Lamar Jackson. Well, Sean, yeah. But Sean Payton has relished that. I mean, he signed Taysom Hill. Right. And he loved having weird game plans and doing all kinds of different stuff. Drew Brees was a short quarterback. They didn't think he was going to be able to succeed from the pocket. Uh, and so they set up a system there with a good run game and deeper drops for the quarterback. And obviously, Drew Brees was already a pretty good quarterback. He, he had had success with uh, the Chargers, but that ended up being a good pairing. I think the way that he was willing to do Taysom Hill and, and have weird game plans and kind of outsmart people, right, and do it when people said they couldn't do it, um, puts everything on, on the table as far as... But let me, let me just know, say this first. But, but ahead, Taysom Hill, that, that was... He wasn't the starter. And in fact, when it was all told, oh, he might end up being the starter last season, he went with Jameis Winston. He went with the more of the pocket. The, yeah, but he paid him $16 million a year. So he did. have a gadget True. player, and he talked him up like he was going to do it, and then found out, I think, he couldn't do it. Exactly. But, uh, I don't think that Sean Payton, look, all of these situations are imperfect. The, you know, is he... Is he going to come in somewhere and have Patrick Mahomes? Uh, maybe not. I think the Saints control a lot of the cards, too. I mean, if you're Mickey Loomis of the GM of the Saints, you're, I would want two number ones. But yeah, I would want true. the John Gruden package, that's right? True. That's true. Yeah, and that's, so and that's pretty interesting. Denver doing that without, a, without any picks except for the one they got from Miami for Bradley Chubb? Maybe. Maybe they want to do it. Is that the best move for the Cardinals? That's a good point. Uh, help us, they're doing. yeah. Help us make yeah. sense of what you think is happening in the NFC. It's funny because somebody uh, put this out on social media that if you took all the one-score games in the NFL and reversed the outcomes, the Vikings would be <laughs> one in fifteen right now. <laughs> so trying, yeah, I love that. Yeah, so trying to get your head around who is really what in the NFC. I I, I don't even know if we still know yeah. to this point. Handicap what we think we're seeing as we get yeah. near the end of the season. Well, I, I do think it opens it up to unusual things. Like normally you would think the 49ers with a quarterback like Brock Purdy or even Jimmy Garoppolo, you might question, hey, could they go all the way? Well, everyone's got those issues in the NFC this year, right? Uh, the teams with Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady are not lighting it up. You don't feel like they're going to go all the way. So you're left with Philadelphia, which is a very good roster, but a little bit of a banged-up quarterback who, you know, if they get behind and have to play off script, who knows what it's going to look like. And I think that's true for just about all of these teams. Uh, really, all of them in the NFC, you're not 100% sure that if they had to really put it on their quarterback's back, could they do it? Whereas I think in the AFC, you feel like if you were one of those teams, you're going to run up against a Josh Allen or a Pat Mahomes or even a Joe Burrow. Or who knows, maybe Justin Herbert on his best day. And those guys may be able to put it on their back, and you may not be able to keep up, uh, you know, in a pass type shootout type game in the NFC why not the 49ers mm, right yeah. I think they're a complete pretty complete team uh, and they've got to the doorstep of the championship before they've been in the championship game and I kind of like them and in the position they're in just kind of oh by the way we're 11-4 and four. they'll get Devo Samuel back at a certain point they probably have the best pass rusher in Bosa um, so you know they're, they're a really to me a team in the NFC to watch even if Philly's been the best team. Yeah, and, and with Christian McCaffrey. And the thing is, I think, I think there's a perception, Mike, with Kyle Shanahan, 
well, the offensive coach and the pass happy. Well, they're pass happy guy. They're not a pass happy team. I mean, they're built around the run and def- and great defense and just say to the quarterback, hey, don't make that killer mistake. And certainly that's the way Garoppolo was a lot of the time. And so far, that's the way Brock Purdy has been. Well, yeah, I think I think Kyle Shanahan cemented what he wants to do when he had when he had Jimmy Garoppolo throw the ball about eight times, like it was nineteen seventy five Chuck Knox in a playoff game against the Vikings a couple of years ago. So, you know, he's had a Matt Ryan and thrown it around, but he's very comfortable and probably more of his nature to run, play action, play. But the defense is just a great security blanket. You know, I mean that just keeps you in just about every game so they can really play a lot of these games on their terms they're not falling behind having to play you know when it's more difficult so i really like really like where they're at like their team and it, maybe it works out for them now they'll probably get if they get to the super bowl you know they'll probably lose to one of those teams with the great quarterbacks but hey a lot of teams would like to be in that spot all right, you know I agree with that wholeheartedly. All right, when you take a look, one of the big stories coming into this year was all these marquee quarterbacks who switch locations, and I think from Russell Wilson to Matt Ryan, we've had a lot of surprises, not for the better. Um, your thoughts moving forward, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, and now Derek Carr, who seems to be done in Vegas as well. What what do you think is going to happen that in that regard? Yeah, I... I still think Brady can do it. Uh, I do a podcast every week with Randy Mueller, a longtime executive. He doesn't like the way Brady's looked recently. He knows a lot more about evaluating quarterbacks than I do. But I, I just sort of felt like it's been a tough year for Brady from a, kind of an emotional frustration standpoint. He's very frustrated. He he shows his frustrations, right? We've seen that. I think I think him in the right spot could still be really good. I'm not sure where that is. I don't know the nature of his relationship with Josh McDaniels, but that comes to mind. Uh, certainly Miami was in the mix before. There were tampering charges, but with Tua Tungvaloa's health and future in question, I think you have to at least entertain that type of an option for him. Um, Rogers, I'm not so sure. I've kind of felt like it's been a little bit quieter there. And I've talked to people that have different feelings in the league that, hey, it's kind of a given that he's coming back next year. They'll build it around him. That's why there's not the drama. There are some people I know that, uh, you know, know Rogers a little bit, feel like he's still frustrated and may stick it to him somehow in this offseason. So I think that one remains to be seen, uh, what's going to happen with him. And then who is the third? Oh, Carr. Uh, Carr's done, I think, for sure with the Raiders. That's just such a bizarre move to bench him when you're still in the hunt, technically. Yeah. You just don't really see that. You know, anytime there's a flicker of hope, you usually sprint to the wire. So that is a signal to me that the owner does not want to pay, be on the hook for the $40 million. Mm-hmm. He may be done with him. I think the Raiders are a little discombobulated that way in terms of the vision of the owner, the coach. It's hard to figure out. They shined all these guys before the season. Who wanted to do that? Uh, I don't know where they're at. But Carr certainly could come available. The jokes on Twitter were that Indy will just sign him because they just sign a car type guy every year, you know. Uh, but I think there are some teams that, you know, there, there are some teams that it could make sense for at least looking at. If you're if you're a team like the Jets and you have a really great defense, so the story that I wrote today in the Athletic looked at all of these quarterbacks, kind of pegged around Carr, and said some of them have had very extremely good help from their own defense and special teams, and some have had extremely bad help. And Carr is towards that end where he hasn't had any help from the defense and special teams. In fact, since he came in the league, the Raiders are 32nd in defense and special teams. And so if you were to put somebody like that who can at least run an offense, he's pretty good in the two-minute drill, that type of thing, a little bit like Kirk Cousins that way, uh, put him on a team 
with a top five defense like the Jets, um, I think there's possibilities there where they would maybe take a step forward. I loved uh, your betrayal index. I had forgotten about that for, as it relates <laughs> to quarterbacks. <laughs> Yeah, it's just a huge difference in, you know, I think there's so many quarterbacks that are kind of in the middle that uh, if you put them in a good situation where their defense is good, and shoot, we remember this in Arizona when, you know, when they got Todd Bowles going or they got the defense going, uh, they're, suddenly Carson Palmer is winning a lot of those games, right? It just right. makes it so much yeah. easier to win. Yeah, how about it? All right, Mike, thank you so much for your time. Everybody, you can read Mike Sano's stuff in The Athletic. It's always great, always compelling. We appreciate your time, brother. Hey, thank you. See you, man. Mike Mike Sando from The Athletic joining us on the other side. We are going to play a game of Mock My World. It happens to be Thursday, and it's going to be related to Derek Carr. We'll explain next. Howard Balls are in for Vinny. I'm Dan Bickley. You're listening to Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Time to take a look at the Arizona Sports poll question. Brought to you by Sanderson Ford. The best play is at Sanderson Ford. That's right. At the homepage at Arizona sports.com we have the sanderson ford poll question today it's a sun's question and it revolves around devin booker who is now out for at least a month due to a left groin strain with the news do the suns have time to wait until the trade deadline to make a deal your two options are yes remain patient for the best deal or no the roster needs help right now uh yes they can be patient i wouldn't do it now out of desperation as howard pointed out not a lot of teams make trades right now and and there's a reason for that I think that you hope that Cam Payne and Cam Johnson come back sooner rather than later and give you the extra lift you need to at least tread water so I'm going to vote no desperation just yet Alrighty, well, 55% are going with yes, remain patient for the best deal. 45% are going with no, the roster needs help right now. A little close one there. That's the Arizona Sports poll question brought to you by Sanderson Ford on the homepage on ArizonaSports.com. Bickley and Murata, mock my world. Are you mocking me? Are you mocking me? Stop it, you just did it again. Are you mocking me? All right, Jared Carlin's contribution to today's program would be a very good Mock My World topic, and he came up with it um, out of the news that Derek Carr has lost his starting job yes. in Vegas. Lost his job entirely, it seems like. He's went home. Yeah. <laughs> so today's topic is your favorite iconic cars of all time, and it could be real or it could be fictional. For movies, TV shows, comics, whatever you want, or it could be a real car. And it's going to work. We do a, a mock draft, the four of us here, uh, snake style. The order will be, I went to random.org. All right. Dan Bickley with the number one Ooh. pick. Howard Balzer, number two. The Zach Attack, number three. Myself, number four. Oh, all right. Lots, okay. Lots to choose from Lots here, to choose so. from all things cars. Fictional, real, otherwise. Um, the number one pick, I have to stay true to my roots. Give me the Batmobile. Yeah, that's a great one. Jerry Carlin. Yep. The Batmobile. Batmobile is an excellent first Real good choice. one. Real good one. I, I'm going to go with, and this can be, it doesn't have to be a movie or anything like that, but it's just an iconic car, and it's developed over the years, and I just have to be, have my number one pick just be any Corvette. Nice. All right. I'm going to go ahead and go with the DeLorean. 
from the, back, the back to the future DeLorean. With the flux capacitor. Yes. Yeah, that's, yes, that's a that's good That's a pick. really good one. All right, I got two picks here. And I'm going to go with Kit from Knight Rider, mm-hmm. the talking car. <laughs> and I am going to go a little off the beaten path here, but I'm going to go with the white Ford Bronco. <laughs> that OJ Simpson <laughs> drove. Well, I'm much more iconic yeah, than that. Right, you can, you can that. picture it in your head right now mm-hmm. driving them. That's a good point. All right, Zach. All right. Are we considering trucks? Yes. Okay. All right. Then my next pick is going to be Optimus Prime. Oh, interesting. The Transformer. Yes. You, you guys are really good at picking out these cars from movies and all that. And I don't know what it is about my mind, but it just you doesn't didn't go there. I, it, was, it was just hard to come uh, up with real one. cars. Mm-hmm. Can you give me years at least with your cars right. so I could, we, could, we could specify? And I, I just end up with, with personal stuff because I'll never forget one of my first cars that I drove. And I couldn't believe my mom did this. And I was able to tool around on it in a weekend was a red Firebird. And those were iconic cars back in the day. They oh, don't yeah. even exist anymore. I remember anymore. those. I remember but that. Firebird. The Firebird. Gotcha. All right, I got two picks, Jared. You got two Is picks. Is that right? Yes. Okay, I want, I want the uh, Bluesmobile from the Blues oh, Brothers. Oh, that's a good one. Okay. An old cop car. An old cop car. Can't beat that. And then I want to uh, I want the Shaguar from Austin Powers. <laughs> All right. I, I just thought... Yeah, about- baby. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I've got, I'm going a really old school car here. Okay. And it just came to me. And, Dan, you might remember this show with Broderick Crawford called Highway Patrol. Okay. And he I don't even know what the car was, but it was just an, an old car that he went on patrol with and it was just a cool the car. The show from Highway Patrol. The, the car, car from, from Highway, Highway Patrol. Patrol. Okay. Got it. And Got we're it. talking about the 50s here I think. All maybe, right. early, maybe early 60s. Unrelated to anything, let the record show that the lowest score ever is uh, 4.8%. <laughs> uh, Zach. <laughs> I'm not looking for votes here. No, come on. Why would you? I don't care about votes. It's, it's, no, it's good. That's the way to play. Personal, yes. Alright, I'm going to go with a car out of my childhood. I'm going to go with Lightning McQueen. Oh, from yeah. Cars. Yeah. I was thinking of that movie, actually. I had no idea the names. <laughs> All right, I got my last two here. Uh-huh. I'm going to go with the Ecto-1 from Ghostbusters. Okay. I have a very good real car here, but I don't, I'll save it for uh, Howard. <laughs> um, I'm going to go with the... Mm, I'll go with the A-Team van. Ooh, not bad. Not bad. All right, I'm going to go with another van as well. I'm going to go with the Mystery Machine from (laughs) Scooby-Doo. Is this me now with my final one? This is you you with your final final pick. Well... Again, I don't even know. Put him down for the Model T, Jerry. That's what I thought he was going to say, that I drove it when he was young. But it was, it was <laughs> right it in his era. great TV show <laughs> and one of the greatest TV theme songs ever, uh, right? See, this one, uh, if you're going where I think you're going, I was surprised this was still on the board. Really? I don't. When oh. they, we packed up the car and moved oh, never to Beverly. Mind. No, oh, you're old. That is you're right. much older than old. Texas T. The Beverly Hillbillies. Beverly Hillbillies with, <laughs> with the with Granny on the roof. Yes, <laughs> that's pretty good. 
That's pretty good. All right, you got your choice of lots of ones here. Oh, I sure do, man. I sure do. But I think you can put me down for Cars, the band. Oh. The Cars. Interesting. Rick Ocasek. See, I thought he was going to go with the General Lee from nobody uh, from the Dukes of Hazard. Yeah. Well, that would have been a good one. Nobody picked the Aston Martin from James Bond. Oh, there's a bunch we didn't pick. The you know, Love Bug, the yeah. Flintstones Mobile. Yes, the Flintstones Mobile is a good one. <laughs> oh, old timers like Howard and I, we, we remember Speed Racer from our youth. The, Mo- the Mach 5 was very, very famous. The Pope Mobile. Yeah, that's a good one. The, the Jetsons Aero Mobile. The Dumb and Dumber van that's like a dog. The Shaggin' Wagon. I, I was thinking <laughs> that's what they called it. <laughs> I was thinking you could have had mu- the Shagwar and the Shaggin' Wagon. Would've, that would have been a little bit too randy, baby. How about Bigfoot and Gravedigger, the uh, monster trucks. Oh, I, I was thinking. Those? I was thinking of the great iconic car, the Mustang. Was that was that featured in any movie or TV? Yeah, I How think, about, do you remember? I think the Mustang was the. Remember the movie Bullet with Steve McQueen? Oh yeah, that yeah. was a Mustang. I think the '57 Chevy, the Shelby Cobra. I was going to take Prince's little red Corvette, but Howard beat me to it by getting the Corvette. The Ferrari from Ferris Bueller. Oh, that's a good one. The Trans Am from Smokey and the Bandit. The Ferrari from Miami Vice. See, anyway. I should, Starsky I should, and Hutch had a Grand Torino that was famous. The Grand Torino from Grand Torino. Look at this picture. Oh, that's right. Look at this picture. I should have Googled it. There's the 1968 there Ford Mustang from Bullet. That's a beauty right there, isn't it? Yep. Fast, a Ford Mustang Fastback. Fastback. All right. That is Mock My World. Jared, did you write down the teams? Nope. Vinny normally um, does. Uh, yes, I, I, I don't. I'll have to go back to the uh, audio here. <laughs> so I think Howard had like what a jalopy, <laughs> had a jalopy and a pinto, I think. And a pacer, an a AFC pacer. pacer. Yeah. Ooh, no yeah. one picked the, the Dodge Charger for the Gremlin from Wayne's World. Right. All right, there you go. So there you go. We'll get <laughs> we'll get the entries together. We'll get that up online. You, the listener, will be the voter. You will determine the winner of Mock My World. Coming up on the other side, we will finish up today's show with Off the Grid. We've got some cool stuff coming your way. Stick around. Howard Balls are filling in for Vinny. I'm Dan Bickley. You're listening to Arizona Sports, the local sport. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Weekly and Murata. Song of the Day. on my Mock My World team, the Cars, Rick Ocasek, Benjamin Hoare, Benjamin Orr. <laughs> Whoa, boy. <laughs> they have a very specific was, sound, right? Yeah, they do. Yeah, you could say that again, right? I would have thought you would have got the Beverly Hills Hillbillies theme song. <laughs> theme song together for Howard. <laughs> anything, you could take anything. I've already got a text from uh, young Jesse saying he may be off the hook for his 4.8%. We did get a, a message on Twitter that said, I love Howard Balzer sticking to his guns. <laughs> Not going to vote for him, but I respect it. <laughs> anyway, that is today's song of the day. Bickley and Murata going off the grid. Off the grid. 
brought to you by Sweet James Accident Attorneys. If you've been hurt in an accident, call Sweet James at 800-500-5200 or sweetjames.com. All right, we've got an interesting weekend of football ahead of us. We've got college football semifinals on Saturday. you got an interesting week ahead in the NFL. We'll get to the latter in a minute. I thought this was interesting. So Georgia is playing Ohio State in the Saturday night semifinal. That's going to be an interesting game. Georgia is uh, attempting to become a repeat champion. Um, Ohio State, a lot of people aren't sure if they can hang with them or not. Uh, Georgia offensive coordinator Todd Munkin said something interesting. It was very honest, and I thought it was a, a, a cool distinction to make. You know how football coaches and programs and teams always say they're a family? We're a family, right? He came out and said this, quote, Let's not kid ourselves about what we do. I'm paid to score points and run the offense, and that relationship only goes so far, and I don't want it any different. Kirby is my boss, and my job is to work my backside off, and for us to be as good as we can be, the moment I don't see that is the is the moment I'm wrong. This is a business. I've been on organizations where they say this is a family. This isn't a family. You're going to fire me if we suck, so don't <laughs> say it's a family. That's good stuff. That is good. It's very true, right? Yeah, it's totally true. It's, that's totally one of, true. It's one of those cliches that, that come along with football. We're a family. And with, with these games here, of course, these teams haven't played a game in a month. Yep. And it, it, it's so long, you, you forget. Like, once a week, I'd say over the last four weeks, something comes up about the championship, about the playoffs. I'm like, oh, yeah, that didn't mm-hmm. happen yet. It's The disconnect in college football is so awful when it comes to that. Like I said yesterday, um, I was bouncing around going to get some, some lunch, and I saw a storefront that had popped up that was just selling Fiesta Bowl merchandise. Just a storefront with, you know, hey, and it's because there's a lot of people from both those schools in town. And, and, and they want to represent and all that. And it just, it had a, I had to remind myself, oh yeah, there's a big game here this weekend in Glendale. So it's it's going to be so great when college football gets to this expanded playoff. We're going to have in the month of December playoff games. So is do we think yeah. we know that it's going to start a week earlier? Um, maybe two weeks earlier. I would two say weeks two, earlier? two to three weeks yeah, earlier. It's not just going to be two weeks longer. No, no, no. no. It's okay. not going to be longer. No. All right, great. So they're going to fill yeah. up December is what they're okay, going to do, great. which is yeah. what they need that's to much, do. That's much, absolutely. Can you imagine that, having having monumental games in December, weather games in these iconic college stadiums? I hope they don't do anything stupid like, oh, we're going to move all the Midwest games to the Hoosier Dome in Indiana. No. Well, I th- what the first round is going to be on campuses. Yeah. The first round. That's after right. That's after right. that, it'll probably, for the next round, which will be at that point, what, um, eight eight teams will be left? Right. And I believe those will be in, quote, bowl sites. Ah, and, th- and then it'll end okay. up in the semifinals and the finals as, as it is We'll now. not be moving to the Hoosier Dome. Well, well, yeah, they'll, they'll, well, what is it called now? Lucas Oil, but yeah, they'll, right. they'll, I'm sure that'll be. I don't know. Do they have a bowl game there? I don't know if they have a. They, they have bowl games in the most ridiculous places. Like I think the original concept for bowl games was like California, Florida, Hawaii, right? Mm-hmm. To go, to like go somewhere warm in the winter to have these special games. Now they have these ones in like Idaho and. 
Iowa and the middle of you know these cold weather places that looks just like punishment for these schools. Uh, that's right. I say that only as a, as a fan of a school who never gets to go to any bowl uh-huh. game. So. Uh-huh. Yeah, that pinstripe bowl is in yeah, New York New Stadium. Yeah. yeah, they had one in Fenway Park. They had one in Fenway, and and they blew that because they rarely ever showed the venue, which is the whole point. Show yeah. us the green monster. <laughs> it's like when they have the hockey uh, outdoor games. Mm-hmm. It's like they only did close up shots the whole game, and you yeah, couldn't see that right. it was outside yeah. in the stadium. Silly. Uh, all right, big weekend in the NFL, uh, and I'll start at the last game: the Bengals and the Bills. A lot of people are saying this might be for the MVP of the NFL. Patrick Mahomes is clearly in the running, but if Joe Burrow is going to win this thing and come from behind to win the MVP. This is going to be the game that he does it. That's the theory. RG3 came out recently said this is the year we should give this award to a non-quarterback. That maybe we should be looking at Nick Bosa. Maybe we should be looking at Justin Jefferson. I I think Justin Jefferson is going to get some votes because they're doing the voting different now. Mm -hmm. It used to be that the voters would pick, and I'm I'm one of the voters, in full disclosure, he would pick just one, one MVP, one offensive player of the year, one deep, whatever it is. Now, mm-hmm. you're picking five MVPs with a point system. Then there's three in the other awards. So I, I think Justin Jefferson will get votes in the top five. I don't know that he will get enough to win. I would doubt it. It's just usually a quarterback. It's just the way the way it goes. The only time that a non-quarterback has won is when there weren't there wasn't that one right. one or two right. quarterbacks that just jumped off the That's page right. having incredible seasons. And with what Mahomes is doing right now and these other guys, I, I still think the leader in the clubhouse is Mahomes, but you know we'll see how how fifty people I vote. still think that if Jalen Hurts comes back and plays one of these last two games, he could still win it. He could. It, it's possible. The one thing I don't like that much about the point system is that depending how that goes, theoretically you could have a situation where someone just gets a whole lot of second place votes yeah. with first place votes, yeah. but somebody getting first place votes only then gets third place votes, and you could have someone win it that didn't have as many first place votes as somebody else. Right. That's one of the things I don't like about the point system. But you know, we'll see. We'll see the way it all plays out. I think it's it's almost a given that Bosa is going to be the defensive player of the year. Yes. And and Jefferson will probably... Be and the see, offensive player yeah, of the year? exactly. That's and see, that's the yeah. out. Yeah, right. That's the out that that's he gives right. everybody. Yeah. Well, yeah, he deserves it, he deserves it, but he'll be offensive player of the year, and then the MVP will be a quarterback. Can I put you on the spot? If you had a vote today, who would it be? For the MVP? Yeah. Right now, it would probably be Mahomes. And, and not that Allen hasn't had a great year and Burrow hasn't had a great year, but we've talked about it in this show, Dan, with, with the AFC West, and everyone was thinking, well, the Chiefs might take a step back. They've lost Tyreek Hill, and who knows what that team is going to look yeah. like. And here they are, 12-3, and three, and Mahomes is just still on fire. I know he still has Travis Kelsey, mm-hmm. but they've been doing it with other, you know, other receivers that he just finds a way to get them all the ball. Yeah, well said. All right, other big games this week, and we talked about the uh, the impact of the Packers and their late bid to make the playoffs. They're hosting the Vikings. I wasn't aware of this, Howard. Under Matt Lafleur, the Packers are fifteen and zero in the month of December. 
And it's not that surprising because in the last few years, they've only lost three games the That's entire true. season. That's a good point. So, but yeah, I mean, they're they're in a good they're in a good spot right now. This will be interesting. Will it be another one score game? It probably will be. Mm-hmm. And certainly, they feel in, in both the Packers' last two games, Detroit and Week 18, are both in Lambeau. Oh, yeah. So yeah. it's shaping uh-huh. up that they could slide Man. into the playoffs. We'll see. By the way, you mentioned that Monday night game. I wanted to pass along an interesting n- n- number nugget here. Yeah. Only the third time in NFL history that two teams playing on Monday night football have had 11 wins or more. Is that right? In this season. And, and again, when you start looking at it, you say, well, that's not that surprising either because to have 11 or more wins, it has to be late in the year. And 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 then for it to be two, it has to be two teams that were re- that turned out to be really good, which we know a lot of times when they pick the Monday night games or other games, some of those teams don't end up being very good. But this time it worked out. And 11 obviously. wins used to be harder to get when there was not 17 games. Yeah, it was harder. You know, most of the time in a season, it was 16 games. You'd have, you know, most of the division winners, most of them would have 11. Some, you know, some might have 10. So you, you'd usually have, you know, anywhere from five, five or so, 11 plus win teams. So you'd have a decent number of them. Yeah. But not a lot that were late in the season. You're going to have two of them happen to match up and on Monday night. Finally, football. if you are a big fan of the Steve Wilkes underdog story, the Panthers are going to Tampa this weekend. That's a must win for them. The Panthers went and signed Josh Norman to come back to the team. He was running a coffee shop in Carolina. He's going to join Steve Wilkes' defense before that game. Yeah, J.C. Horn's a little banged up, so they need some help in the secondary. How much he can help, who knows? But the Panthers are a team that control they control their own destiny. They went out, they win that division. Yeah. They just they just gotta they just gotta make sure that Tom Brady doesn't go nuts in the fourth quarter, which he's had a penchant of doing yeah. of several times over the last month or so. All right, this is the penultimate weekend in the NFL, which is a real fancy word for second to last. <laughs> so buckle up, it's gonna be interesting. Great job today, Howard. Thank appreciate you for it. filling in for Vinny. We do appreciate that. On behalf of Kellen Olson, who joined us to talk Phoenix Suns, on behalf of Mike Sando from The Athletic, on behalf of Jared Carlin, I'm Dan Bickley, Wolf and Luke next. Stick around. You're listening to Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.